Attention SLPs and OTs with existing private practices. Are you ready to level up your private practice and your life and make this your breakthrough year? If so, join us for Make More in 2024, a free training offered on Thursday, March 21st at 8 p.m. Eastern to discover how to shift from clinician to CEO. During the training, we'll talk about the importance of maximizing your income, adding revenue streams, setting up systems, and more so that you can ultimately work smarter and build a successful, sustainable, and sellable business. To sign up, just visit growyourprivatepractice.com backslash training. Don't miss the chance to learn how to effectively navigate the growth phase of the private practice journey. See you on the training. Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Private Practice Success Stories podcast. I can't wait to introduce you to Vanessa Anderson-Smith. Vanessa has been on my radar for a long time, and I feel like I've watched her grow her private practice from small but steady to huge and expanding over the last five years. Let me take it back a second. About five years ago, Vanessa wrote a guest blog post for my website and she wrote a success story, her success story. And I used to do these blog posts and now the blog posts have turned into this podcast. So it was really cool to go back and read her success story from five years ago and then hear how much everything has changed for her. Vanessa has a wonderful private practice with employees. She has a specialty niche that she works within and she also is working in a more rural area and supporting her community and growing her practice every day. So I cannot wait to introduce you to Vanessa. Here she is. My name is Jenna Castro-Casbon. I am part of a group of private practitioners who have taken client care into our own hands. We are skilled clinicians who pride ourselves on providing high quality care to our clients and their families. We are fighting against productivity requirements administrative red tape, and unnecessary restrictions. We started our own private practices to take control of our professional and personal lives, of our schedules, of our incomes, of our future. We work hard for our clients, but on our terms. We believe in helping others, but also helping ourselves. We are not interested in competing with each other because we hope we'll all make it. We are successful private practitioners, and these are our stories. Before we dive in, can you please share your name, your location, and the name of your private practice? My name is Vanessa Anderson Smith. I have a private practice in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and my private practice is in the middle of changing names right now. We were Anderson Smith Speech Therapy, and we are now going to be Anderson Smith Therapy Institute. I love it. That's very exciting. You're you're growing right now, which I definitely want to talk about. Listeners, Vanessa and I have known each other for a long time, although we've never met in real life yet, but one day we will. But you did a success story blog post in 2015 that is still getting traffic. People still love hearing how you got started, but obviously not everybody's read the blog post and I don't even know how many people read blog posts anymore. Can you please share like what your early transition was like in the field from your first job as an SLP to thinking about private practice? My first job as an SLP was I was working in in a skilled nursing facility for a very large national rehab agency, and I liked it. I really enjoyed what I was doing. 
I always had loved working with birth to three and early intervention, but I love that population as well. It's crazy to say this right now, to, to think back then, I thought things were changing quickly in healthcare. <laughs> things have changed even more now, but my job was changing really quick. There was a lot of restructuring and movement going on and my hours were getting cut. And I just thought I'm going to take matters in my own hands. I always loved doing birth to three and our early intervention agency through the Department of Ed needed some speech therapists. So I signed up to do that and I just got back into working with kids. I had no intention of leaving my full-time job by any means. I just needed to supplement and I needed to have a backup plan. Well, within literally a couple of days, I had decided things are changing way too much. I am going to just roll the dice and see if there's a school district that was looking for part-time help so I could start my private practice. Well, to me, I didn't even call it a private practice back then. I just thought the craziest thing I would do would be an independent contractor for our early intervention agency. So I thought I'll see if it works and then I can work part-time in the school district. So I did. And as I got more training in oral placement therapy and feeding therapy, I started getting more referrals for feeding therapy, which I've always loved to do. And then word got around that I have training in talk tools, which was really highly respected in my community and worldwide it is. And then people would say, well, can you see my kid? And I said, well, I, I just do birth to three. And they say, well, why can't you do see my child. And I said, well, I mean, I guess I can. You really, you want me to, you want to bring your, your kid to see me? Well, I'll, I'll just come to you. That's what I, so I started just, I was driving to homes. I started my business with $30 worth of used toys in my car. And I just started going. And then pretty soon people from out of town would say, well, we want to bring our kids to see you. And I said, well, I, I don't have an office. And they said, we don't care. We'll come to your house. So I started in my kitchen. Then I stepped up. I'm going to step up from my car to my kitchen. I would lock my dogs in the basement and I would have people just come to my house and I would do therapy in my house. My husband and I were going to move out of town into the country. And I thought I'm going to have to get an office space and I might not use it that much, but whatever. I found a listing on Craigslist in a basement of an insurance agency for $200 a month. Right now it sounds cheap, but back then to me, having that expense, I thought, oh, can I, I think I can justify this, which it's nothing now, but I was seeing people in their homes and I thought people that live in town, they're not going to drive to come see me. I'm going to have to keep doing that. Well, it just kept growing and I had a long wait list and I thought I need to, I needed to think about having a family and what am I going to do when I want to have a family and have a maternity leave and things. So I hired a speech therapist. I put an ad out on only on Facebook. I didn't even know how to do Indeed back then or anything. And people were tagging their friends and there was a girl that applied and she was fabulous. And I hired my first employee with the intention of I'm going to now I can have a maternity leave someday. Well, as things happen, you can only plan so much. I got pregnant and my one therapist got pregnant, like not even a month after me. There goes 
my maturity leave. What am I going to do? I have a great office director and she was a forward thinker and she was already started the ball of like, we got to hire someone. And, and then I thought, Oh wait, now we have to hire two. And what are we going to do? But we found two amazing speech therapists. And one of them was just going to be temporary. She was also working for the birth to three agency in South Dakota, but she decided to stay on afterwards. And so then it grew and we moved into a bigger clinic and then we took on even more space. And then a year later, we grew out of that space because I hired an occupational therapist. I hired another speech therapist and we just kept growing and it it really hasn't stopped. So now I have, it's myself and four other speech language pathologists an occupational therapist. I have an office director who does our medical billing as well. And I just hired on a reading tutor full-time who's trained in Orton Gillingham and she has her master's degree in special education. That is incredible. The growth that you experienced in a really short amount of time is just phenomenal. And like you mentioned that you were in like a more rural area that you weren't really sure if people were going to be, were going to be willing to come to you and whatnot. And they did. And I think one of the reasons is because that word of mouth was really traveling for you, right? And people were getting great services and they liked you, they liked your clinic. And obviously they were talking about you and sending their friends and and other people. Right. Moms are the best referral source. And I mean, I think I had spent maybe a tops of $500 on marketing up until this last year because it was all word of mouth. It was Facebook and just getting referral sources. And and then pretty soon moms start telling their doctors, it doesn't mean I can call a doctor or send some cookies and they're not going to refer to me. I don't think just for them. But when a mom goes to a doctor's appointment and they say, we are seeing this speech therapy clinic, we love it. That's when doctors start referring to us. And then we get kind of that pocket of referrals. So word of mouth has been obviously really important to you. The other thing that I think is a really interesting thing about your practice, and I'm not sure how it is now, so you'll have to let me know, but I know that you had more of a specialty going for a while. How did you choose your specialty and have you stuck with that or have you also having a more generalist approach or talk to us about how you've made decisions around that? I just happened, I always loved feeding therapy and I loved working with adults that had swallowing issues. I love working with children that have swallowing issues and really, especially the early intervention population, a lot of those kiddos had those speech and feeding issues that I was seeing. And I was just lucky in that there was a really big need for that in our area. And I was excited to fill that. And I really stick close to that. If I have a kiddo that they call our office, the mom does, and they say, yeah, my child has a language delay. And I'm like, great. I have a great therapist for that. I don't treat that as much. I really stick to oral motor, feeding, swallowing, and also that early intervention and articulation. But we're definitely known for that oral motor and motor-based speech and feeding approach. But we do see others. I just have some of my other employees that have more experience, say, with fluency or something like that. I'll make sure that the right provider works with them. Yeah, I love that. Because that's a way that you can stay specialized, right? You can do the kind of work that you you do best and that lights you up and you get great results for people. But you can also have a more generalist practice, right? Where other people with other kinds of diagnoses or disorders can still get treatment, right? 
So you can still be kind of that like one-stop shop for most kids or most people, but within your practice, you and or your other therapists have different specialties. Yes. Yes. And we have it. I have one therapist that is actually getting her CLC right now, one SLP. And she loves working with babies and new moms. And then I have another speech therapist that she loves myofunctional therapy and she loves working with adults. And I have a therapist that really specializes in autism and kids that have a lot of behaviors. So we can really funnel children to the appropriate provider. Another question that people ask me all the time, a lot of people say, well, I live in a more rural area, so I'm not really sure if I'm going to be able to have a private practice, if, if people will, will travel or if people will pay or what the situation is. What would you say to people with concerns along those lines? I know that I was surprised with that as well. And the fact that no one is offering that and that you do live in a very rural area, that brings more value to what you do. Like I said, I underestimated things a lot. And I think becoming a parent, you realize, oh my gosh, you'll do anything for your kid. And that means I have a family that literally drives three hours one way to see us. And we are mile a minute around here. We are, so that's a lot of miles that they're putting on. And I think that there are children with special needs everywhere. There's adults that have myofunctional needs everywhere as well that we see. So I think that people would be really surprised and you should never let population or anything like that get in your way because there's always going to be a need for what we do. And I wish that there wasn't. I wish I didn't have to be a speech therapist, but there are those needs out there and I'm glad that we can help with that. Yeah, absolutely. So I saw something really fun today on Facebook, which was a picture of your second location. So tell us about how, how that came to be. And especially the fact that you're growing in the middle of a global pandemic, which is also very exciting. Yeah, it was, I mean, 2020 has, it's been a ride for everyone in January before we had even hired on my last employee, my office manager and I were thinking, okay, we don't have space here. We've ran out of our space. We're in a lease for a couple more years. What are we going to do? And we would say, what about a second location? And I'd say, I don't want to be in two places. Nope, nope. What about remodeling where we are? But who wants to remodel a place that you're renting? And then we were ready to pull the trigger on putting a lot of money into a remodel to try and make more rooms and things. And then Corona hit and coronavirus hit the world almost stopped, it seemed like, for a while. And we thought, let's just hold out and wait. We ended up going to 100% teletherapy in March, the middle of March. And we said just, you know, for two weeks. And naively, we thought it was going to be done. <laughs> and it wasn't. And then it ended up being that April was the best month we had ever had. And I almost look around and I think, what's going on? What's going on? because it's supposed to be, everything's harder for a lot of people right now, but we didn't have any cancellations and people were more flexible. We had families saying, Hey, my kid isn't getting therapy at school as much. Can we do extra sessions with you? And all of my therapists would do that. And then we were, then we started to reopen the clinic, kind of stagger it open. And I had a reading tutor that she was very part-time and we had always talked about when are you going to make the leap? And we're like, now's the time to make the leap because kids are going to need 
a lot of reading help. And that's something that you can really help with. So then she came on board and she goes, but where, where are you going to put me, Vanessa? Because you were literally doing telepractice on the floor the other day because there was no room. And I'm like, I don't care. I'll figure that out. I don't know. I'll find a couple of rooms on the other side of town. If you're waiting, let's just do it. Let's go. And she did. And then we started the hunt for a second location, which I said I'd never do. And we ended up finding one in the town of Brandon, South Dakota, which is probably 25 minutes from our current location. And we have an office that we're going to be opening up in about six days, actually. So we decided that we weren't going to be, we were traveling into homes and we were going into some schools. Each therapist was traveling a half day a week. And we were getting so busy that we really we didn't need to be traveling. It was taking time away from patients when we were doing that. And when the coronavirus hit, that was even more of a reason to say, okay, we got to stop traveling and people can come see us. We offer Saturday hours. One of my therapists works on a Saturday. So we try and be really flexible with, with people and with parents. So that was part of bringing on that second location. I wanted to give an option for other families so that they didn't have to drive in even farther if it wasn't as convenient for them. Well, and I love that too, because you're really thinking about the needs of your community and also the needs of your therapists and then your the financial needs, right? Of of having that downtime between traveling. So I think this is one of the things as business owners is that we're always trying to weigh a lot of different decisions and seeing what makes the most sense. So I had a, a question too. This is also sort of a fun question. So, so you and I are both type B SLPs. And so mm-hmm. that's one of the things that I think I also get a lot of people saying, well, well, I'm, I'm type B, like, I don't know if private practice is, is right for me. It seems like it's all type A people. So what would you say to the type B SLP who's interested in going into private practice? The biggest thing is I farm out the billing, like delegate billing, delegate office work. I, that made such a difference when I did that. My first year, I thought that I could, I mean, yes, I could have billed Medicaid. I I should have been able to figure it out quicker, but I also, I was so busy seeing patients too, that it would be a Saturday and I would be like, I need to sit down and do my Medicaid billing. And guess what? Medicaid's closed on Saturday. I thought, well, I guess I'll just try and call on Monday. And when you only have 15 minutes in between sessions, it's just, it wasn't working. So I, I lost my, I lost a good chunk of change my first year. And I just thought I got to give this to someone else. And it was, we had to really go through, went through a couple different billing companies. And what was best was really when we got big enough to bring it on in-house and to have my office director do the medical billing, because there is so much to it. And my specialty is working with speech, articulation, swallowing. You can't do it all. And I mean, don't get me wrong. There's an exception to every rule. Some people can do it all, but if you want to grow your practice and you have, you can't bill for someone else and keep seeing the same caseload, there's just not enough hours in the day. And my time was much better spent in therapy and even getting a good admin assistant to start out with. When I had an admin, I was able to take on at least five more sessions a week. I wasn't playing phone tagging between sessions and scheduling things. And I think that it's really important to stick to what you know. You have to 
be really, I want to be good at speech therapy. I don't need to be the best medical biller ever. So I would say you need to still be aware of what's going on in your business, but you also have to find the right team to delegate things to. I think that's good advice for everybody, right? Even, even the type A people. You want to be thinking about how is your time best spent? And for, for clinicians, it's usually spent on income producing activities such as doing therapy, right? We obviously need people to make sure that we're going to get billed. So billing is, is important, right? But like, we want to be doing the things again, that light us up and that are in our zone of genius and everything. And often that is therapy and not all of those other tasks, right? Absolutely. Okay. So my other question has to do with sort of like the the plans, right? So you're about to have the second location, which is very, very exciting. And so what, what do you hope for the next couple of years? Obviously we're in this weird period where there's a lot of unknowns, but in general, what are your hopes for the next, like, I don't know, one to three years for your private practice? What we hope for right now. So not only are we opening up a second location, but right now my husband and I are in the middle of planning to build our own clinic. Once again, everyone needs to farm things out. My husband has an MBA. I mean, he works in hospital finance, so he's really excited about, about this clinic and getting it built. But I thought, I'm in the here and now. I said, I am opening up a second location. You take the torch on this. And he wrote the business plan and did all of that. And we are going to be building a 4,000 square foot building on the south side of Sioux Falls. And then when we were sitting in the meeting with the developers, they said, do you want to plan on like having room for expansion? And I thought, I, I, guys, I can't think about it. No. And my husband said, yes, yep. You're going to plan for that, for expansion. And I thought that scares me so much. And he goes, you just can't, you're, you can't see the future because you're so stuck in the here now. But if time has told us anything, you're going to expand again. And so then we do have room to build on an extra 2000 square feet as well. The Brandon location that we're opening up now, I really think that that's going to take off. What we've communicated to our parents is that for sure through the end of 2021, we'll be over there. And then if that takes off, I'm, I don't plan on shutting that location down just because I have a brand new clinic. I can find a bigger location over there and do that. So that's kind of what the next few years looks like for us. I love that so much, right? Think of how many more families you're going to be able to serve in your area. You've got plenty of speech therapists. You have an, an OT. You've got this reading specialist. Are you also thinking about diversifying the offerings like further or kind of sticking within what you have, but maybe getting more people? Well, never say never. I finally learned that <laughs> this year, 2020 has taught me that. Right now, I have a great PT colleague that has her own practice and so truly, she's so amazing at what she does. I wouldn't want to hire anyone because I want all of the kids that I work with to see her. So as long as she sticks around and things like she's going to be my go-to for PT. I think that there's a huge need for dyslexia screenings and evaluations in our area. So I foresee that really building upon itself and maybe needing some new reading tutors in the future. Also, what my reading tutor is looking at doing is having curriculum consultations. We have a lot of families that are homeschooling this year and they say, hey, what do you think about this curriculum? So 
what she's going to start providing is consultations to kind of help help guide parents through picking the right curriculum for them. Oh my gosh, that sounds completely invaluable. And right, like parents are, are really kind of scrambling to figure out what to do right now. And there were kids who were maybe getting reading tutoring or whatever, and now that may or may not be happening through their schools. So it's great that you're going to be able to, to provide that to your community. I'm just so impressed with what you've done. And like, if you go back, listeners, you got to go back and read her first blog post from 2015. Because if you read that, I remember there was one line that said, from no plan to a four-month wait list. And to think that in just a couple of years, you have grown to the current level that you're at with plans to grow even more is so, so exciting. And I get to watch it unfold on Facebook, but it's really, really cool. So for anyone who's listening, who's thinking about starting a private practice, but hasn't, hasn't started to actually do it yet, or hasn't started to take the leap or anything, what advice would you give beginners that maybe you wish that you had had years and years ago? Like I said, I didn't really have a plan and that's a blessing and a curse. There were a lot of mistakes that I could have avoided. However, I think that I would have been too scared to start on my own. So the way that this all snowballed, I'm really thankful for, because I think what people always need to remember is there will always be a mountain in front of you. Always. You have a crisis pop up and you think, how am I going to figure this out? Once you get a couple of those under your belt or you make it through and you're on the other side, then you have the confidence to keep going forward. But I attribute a lot of that to my family. Family owns a business. My grandfather, my father bought a bank. And so that entrepreneurial spirit is it's in my blood. And I remember growing up and always seeing my dad have a big issue in front of him. And if something would go wonky with billing a few years ago, and I would just be beside myself and I would think it was a $10,000 problem. And that was a lot. But then I thought, Vanessa, look at what your dad did when he had half a million problems and he figured it out and you're going to figure it out. And, and I think that that's when things get real is when you know that you can overcome these things. And, and it's things that a lot of times you can't prepare for, but as soon as you get over one mountain, there's going to be another one. There always is. And you just have to keep being flexible and working with it. Yeah. And just keep pushing through, right? Because the, the people in your community really need the services. I think this is what you've been called to do, right? You've got this specialty, you have this expertise, you have people in your community who need the help. And you're able to provide it as well as provide employment to these therapists and reading tutors and everything. So I'm just, again, so impressed with what you have accomplished. Are there any last words of wisdom or thoughts before we wrap up? I think that it's important to know that I always thought you had to have a business degree to run a business and you don't, you just have to have the right team around you. You have to have a great lawyer, a great CPA, a banker. You have to have mentors that you can go to when you have questions. And you can, like I said, farm a lot of those things out to where we tried to do payroll on our own. And it's not that we couldn't do it. We could have, but it was one less monkey on our back. So let's have someone do payroll and let's just use our time doing what we're best at. And that's speech therapy. And I think that 
people need to know that you you do have to find that right tribe and you have to have your phone a friend private practice <laughs> speech therapist my friend is is Kayla Fontenot in in Texas her and I it's I don't know how many times a week where it's like this happened what do I do and really before I joined your Facebook group I didn't know of anyone else doing this so I had no one to bounce ideas off of. And when I found the Facebook group, I'm like, these are my people. This is a wealth of information because it would be strange to call up your competitor in town and say, Hey, can you help me, Bill? The Facebook groups are such, they're a really good, it's passive information in a sense, because it's just, you're scrolling by and you pick up tidbits here and there. So having resources like that has been invaluable. So I thank you for starting that Facebook group. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just been a, a wonderful way to to get to watch people grow. Like, as I said, I've been watching you, Vanessa, for years, and it's just really cool to watch. We could probably go back and look at early posts in the Facebook group and be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I asked that question. Like, I know so much more now, right? But I think that this is one of the reasons why I like doing this podcast is showing just where different people have come through like in their journey and also to just figure out where they're going, right? And I feel like you've already, in just a couple of years, have grown so much. And now you have not only another office, but this possibility of expansion is just really, really exciting. So I wish you the absolute best of luck. And hopefully we can also do a Where Are They Now episode with you in like a couple months or a year and hear how that, how that like played out. That would be great. I would love that. And thank you so much. It was an honor that you asked me to do this. Awesome. Well, thank you for being on the show and sharing your story. So how fantastic is Vanessa, right? So you have to go back and check out the old blog post that she wrote about how she literally had no plan to having a four-month wait list, right? She dove in. She knew that this was what she wanted to do. She knew that this is what her community needed. And so she started this private practice. And right now on the episode, you heard how she's really grown it and how she has plans for further expansion. And it's just so cool to me when I can see these members of our community really make such great strides to help themselves, to help their community, and just get services to underserved areas. So if that's something that you want to do, if you want to bring speech therapy services to your area, because either they don't have them or they don't have enough of them, or you have a specialty that you want to be able to bring, I want you to head over to startyourprivateproductice.com backslash webinar and watch my free training where I outline exactly how you can start your private practice with a plan, just by following this plan that I outline in the free training, you will see how you can go from dreaming about private practice to actually doing it. So head over to startyourprivatepractice.com backslash webinar to sign up. I'll see you there. Now that you've listened to the episode, I want to invite you to a free training. Do you have a business background? Most SLPs who go into private practice don't. You went to grad school, not business school. But here you are, trying to start or grow a private practice. The good news is business skills can be learned and I want to help you make solid decisions on how to start and grow your private practice so you can serve your community and build a legacy while doing therapy on your own terms and your own time and yes, make more money. I want to invite you to my free training specifically to help SLPs get the background information you need to know in order to be successful. There are two tracks. 
the start track and the grow track because the needs of beginners and growth level private practitioners are very different. The trainings are short but thorough and can be consumed and put into action quickly. I wanna teach you how to think, act, and behave like the private practitioner you are meant to be so that you can step into the vision you have for your private practice and your life. And the best part, these trainings are completely free. To register right now, simply visit independentclinician.com. Click start or grow and we can get started right now. Well, this episode might be over, but we don't have to say goodbye. Head on over to independentclinician.com for resources that will help you at each stage of your private practice journey. If you're on Instagram, let's connect. Follow me and send me a DM. I'm at independent clinician. And if you're on Facebook, make sure that you join the SLP and OT Private Practice Beginners Facebook group. All right, off to help more regular SLPs and OTs become successful private practitioners. Let me know if I can help you too.